What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Saw Truth Podcast, episode 26. We got it right this time. Episode 26. Uh, my name is Saad Alessa, and you're listening to the Saad Truth Podcast, straight out of the Saad Alessa house. Boom. Love that addition. Uh, just got back from Austin, Texas. Um, performed in Austin, Texas. Headlined two shows with my friend Max Kestenbaum, who produces the show, The Super Dope Show. If you haven't checked it out and you live in L.A. or Atlanta, Georgia, or Austin, Texas, please check it out. He runs great shows. Um, honestly, I learned a lot on this trip. But on this episode, before we get into this, we're going to talk about two things. One, my experience in Austin, Texas, and why I think you shouldn't be moving there if you're one of those people in America that thinks, oh, I'm going to move to Austin and my comedy career is going to pick up or whatever. It's Trust me, it's not what you think it is. Second, I'm also going to discuss something that I figured out about myself during this trip. I've been doing a lot of thinking and after this trip, and I realized I need to navigate people better. I need to be better and more forgiving, and I'm going to talk about all of that right now. All right, first things first, Austin, Texas. What happened? I got on a plane, uh, obviously. <laughs> I didn't walk there. Uh, and then went to Austin, and we checked into the hotel. It was like a boutique-style hotel, which... Not a fan of, to be honest. It was it was cool. It was nice. The shower was cool, uh, but the service was I don't know. I would say garbage. Um, not gonna say the name of it, obviously, but because you know they they work closely with with my friend and whatever. We're just that's we're not gonna dive into that. Um, Austin, Texas. My first impression is it's pretty much like Kuwait, right? Like it's all like new infrastructure, um, very dry and humid it was raining also while it was hot so i started to remember like the weather back home sometimes when we we'd be we'd be playing soccer and mid mid game it would start to rain but with sand because it's dusty and it's pretty much that and i was like why is everybody fucking moving to austin texas when you used to live in los angeles or new york like i have never seen a city in america that can compete with Los Angeles, just to be honest. I hated LA before going to Austin, and I was like, oh, I'm going to move out. But now that I went to Austin, I got back to um, to LAX, and I was like, wow, it's so good to be back in LA. The city that loves comedy, the city that has everything you need. You can drive an hour and go skiing in the mountains. You can go to the beach in 20 minutes. You can find the racetrack if you're into cars. You can find the best restaurants in the world, probably. And... Um, it's very diverse while still having an identity, and that's what I, I learned about Austin. No one in Austin is from Austin. Everyone that I met was like, uh, I just moved here last week. And I'm like, why would you move here? And they're like, well, it's cheap gas and cheap drinks. Listen, I don't feel like that's really a strong reason to move to a city, all right? Like, first of all, the whole city is a block and a half. I walked everywhere by foot. There's like two streets that everybody's so proud of there, 6th Street and 3rd Street. And whenever I went to 6th Street, they're like, you should check out 3rd Street. And then I'd go to 3rd Street, they're like, you should check out 6th Street. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's like, where are you guys driving to? Why, why would you need cheap gas? Second, cheap drinks. Everybody there looked like a frat boy that was very drunk. And I honestly like hated everything that I saw. Um, it's, 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 it, I don't know. It was, I, I would describe it as garbage, garbage. Uh, I'm sure, I hope I'm not offending anyone from Austin. I mean, you probably moved out of Austin because everybody moved into Austin. I think that Austin was a different city before everybody from LA moved to Austin and New York. And I apologize for the garbage that we sent there. Um, uh, that's just the case. LA is so much better now that everyone moved out. Um, 
I feel like all the people that moved out should have lived there years ago or somewhere else. Um, yeah, I honestly wouldn't recommend living there. Probably be there again to do a show. But Jesus Christ, is everyone there neoliberal? Like everything we talked about, me and the comedians, was offensive. Everything, 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 everything. Even me talking about Islam, they're like, oh my God. I'm like, guys, you don't have to be offended for me. I'm Muslim too. Um, not that they were Muslim, which threw me off. Um, Austin, yeah, that's Austin. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, Max and I talked about it because he's a producer of his own show. I produced my own show on the comedy. And, and doing the shows in Austin, I learned two things because... I kind of bummed, like the shows didn't really go well for me, um, and I was headlining, which created so much pressure on on me, by me, uh, I shouldn't have thought about it like that, uh, and I realized very quickly, like when you do bar and restaurant shows, I shouldn't be doing material, I should be talking with the crowd and doing more crowd work, but for some reason I was stubborn, and I was like, no, I'm going to make my material work, I'm going to figure out a way for this to work, um, and we learned a lot. We learned that setting up the room the right way helps create the vibe. This is why when I set up on the comedy in this backyard, I make sure like all the seats are really close. They're very close to the stage so that when you're there, you're actually watching the performer perform and you're not distracted. Because if you give someone a reason to be distracted, they're going to be distracted. Simple as that. Uh, second thing is um, the host is very important. Um you know, not to bash anyone, but the energy that the host provides for the show ends up making or breaking the show pretty much. There's always the opportunity for you as a comedian to get up on stage, win the crowd over and create the energy. And so we, 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 it was really a, a, a beautiful lesson for us, all of us, all of us, all seven of us performing. Um, and I'm excited to do it again. I'm excited to get back on stage. I'm doing a show this Friday uh, after tomorrow in my backyard on the comedy. The next Wednesday, I'm doing another show in North Hollywood. And that show in North Hollywood is going to be a restaurant outdoor show. And I'm looking uh, to redeem myself, my performance from Austin, Texas. Um, you know, that's, it's interesting because, you know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. And then boom, reality check, you're not that good. And that's the beauty of live performance is no, no two shows are ever going to be the same. Um, so that's my two cents in Austin, really. It's, um, yeah. I would give it a, a zero out of five if it was a Yelp review. But uh, what made it worth it was the friends that I traveled with, the group of friends that I had the opportunity of sharing the stage with. Uh, there was a lot of joy and laughing and, you know, we just made the best out of Austin, honestly. It was a pleasure for Austin to have us there, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, just kidding, but kind of true. Um, second thing I want to talk about is, I don't know if you guys listened to the last two episodes, uh, 24, I think I talked about people, relationships, and what I need to figure out. I realized, like, you know how, like, I talked about I'm not able to differentiate between friends and their work ethic? Like, how you approach your work affects how I view you as a friend. Like, your principles and values in your work and career and your family affects my view of you as a friend. And I also realized, like, I put my friends at such a high pedestal. Like, the moment I'm close, the moment I develop a friendship, I'm like, okay, he's a good guy, he's, she's a good girl. This is where I'm expecting you to function out of. This is what I expect you to do. And I realized that that's the wrong thing to do because all that ends up hurting is me. And one of my very good friends, Lindsay, told me, uh, you should stop looking for yourself in others. And when I went to Austin, I had enough time to think because, like, you know, you're walking around, your responsibilities aren't, like, I wasn't with my dogs. I didn't have my daily routine. So I had a lot of time to myself. And I was with my friend Omar and we we're walking around talking about friendship and life and stuff. 
And I realized like I'm, I'm, I'm quite often disappointed very quickly with people that are close to me, mostly because I expect them to function like I function. I expect them to do the same that I do. And I realized that that's not fair because a lot of people have a lot of great assets and they bring different, you know, strengths to the table and, and you should just take them as they are and love them for who they are. And if it's something that's such a differentiating factor, like, sure, like, you know, if you don't respect women or if you don't respect people that work at a restaurant or if you, you things that are like, that I wouldn't be able to tolerate, then sure. But if it's something like, you know, they don't know how to clean after themselves after they visit or something silly like that, or, you know, their communication isn't at the level of my communication is not very transparent. I shouldn't be like, oh, I don't know how I feel. Like, I realize I'm, I'm very sensitive and it's... You know, it's both a good thing and a bad thing, but I, I do, you know, my mother sent me this video about this Arab poet who was like, oh, here are four ways to live a better life and navigate people better and be loved by others. One, let their mistakes go. You know, like don't criticize everybody at everything that they do. Not everybody deserves to sit down and be like, hey, you could have done better if you would have done this. Because a lot of people aren't really open to constructive criticism, especially if they didn't ask you for it. Uh, and a lot of people are trying their best. They know what they lack and they're working their best. And so long as they have good values and they bring great things to the table, there's no reason to nitpick on every small thing. The second thing he said uh, is play a fool. Because, you know, often... Um, the fool isn't the leader of the tribe or the crowd, but more often than not, the leader of the tribe or crowd plays a fool. And I thought that was beautiful because you don't have to hold to, you know, hold on to every word that's said or if someone makes a joke and it offends you, like, hey, what did you mean? Like, let it go. Smile. Take life with, with a smile. And, 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 and a lot of people sometimes, you know, for lack of better words, say something that might be offensive, but their intention isn't to offend you. Uh, sometimes they say things that they don't mean. Um, you know, uh, they're joking, they're hyped up, they're excited, they're around other friends, their character changes a little bit. Let it go. And that's something I need to learn. And then uh, he did mention another two things, but I felt they were very much in line with the first two points that I just discussed. It's take life with a, you know, with a smile and a positive approach, don't nitpick, don't criticize, find an excuse for your friends, especially if they've been there for you and, 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 you know, supported you and, um, and forgive because there's no other way to living life, um, than to, to take it as it is and not try to implement your own expectations and your views and perspective onto others, especially for the fact that we can't control others, we can't control life, we can only control how we react to certain things. And um, I hope that I apply that to my life and I hope that it helps me build better connections with people. I hope that it brings me closer to them. I hope that I learn to see the positives more than the negatives, even though I do think that I do a fairly okay job at that. I just want to be better at that and not take things so personally. Uh, there is a fly in the studio right now. Uh, if you're watching this, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but it's driving me nuts. I've been trying to catch it for the last 30 minutes, but that's, you know, that's not the point. If you do see it on, on the video, it's the fly. Good to see that my plant's still alive. Um, haven't said it on the name yet. In any case, that was the episode today. My name is Saad Alessa. Oh, before I let you guys go, uh, there's going to be a rebrand for the podcast. I'm going to work on the format a little bit. Uh, any feedback is appreciated. If you're watching this on YouTube, please comment in the section below. Let me know your thoughts. Do you like what I'm talking about? Do you want me to talk about more uh, funny things like just strictly comedy, philosophy, 
stories about myself. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy this. We just hit a thousand downloads on Podbean, which means uh, that's the accumulation of, of listens or downloads from Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. We're soon to be on Google Podcasts. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening and downloading. I honestly have no idea why you listen to this podcast other than the fact that it's all love and I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel if you enjoy what I'm putting out. If not, no worries. I love you. Uh, take care of yourself. Be good. And uh, until next week, my name is Saad Alessa, and this has been the Saad Truth Podcast.